Eric Adams has pretty much had it. He says the Democratic Party is to blame for the crime wave in New York City, in particular, one particular group, and that is the woke Democrats have broken his city. The level of crime in New York City is so high that less than five blocks from where I am at 74th Street and the corner of Roosevelt Avenue, a man in his 40s was walking. He was being pushed around by three young men, one of whom decided to have fun by peeing on him. The man had had enough. He turned around and kicked the man who was urinating on him with his cane. And I could see images of someone I know who might do something like that. <laughs> that someone is probably me. But in this particular instance, no, it wasn't me, thank God, because the three men proceeded to take his cane away from him and beat him practically to death. The man is lying in a hospital bed in Elmhurst Hospital's intensive care unit. The three men, one of whom has been arrested, are all according to police of the 115th precinct here in Queens, repeat offenders. Offenders who have done it again and again and again and again, and have all been released primarily on the Democratic Party's programs of what is called social justice reform. You see, Mayor Adams says the woke progressive policies like this are to blame for the soaring crime rate, not just in New York City, but in all Democrat-run cities across America. Let's listen to this article. Radical left Democrats, or woke progressives, like Kamala Harris and her sister Maya Harris West, and their associates have worked hard and have been successful at remaking the U.S. criminal justice system and defunding and reinventing many local police departments. Well-funded movements to replace law and order with social justice have been overseen by strategic political operatives like David Brock, Barack Obama, Eric Holder, and George Soros, to name a few. Enormous non-government organizations, NGOs, and nonprofits have funneled money from Wall Street to activists in decaying American city street corners to bring on their demise. The left have sold this transformation of American urban centers into lawless hellholes by virtue signaling to people that all of it had to be done to bring equity and racial equality because America was just so darn racist before when people were working and earning their own way. And by and large Democrat voters have embraced it and supported their utopian ideas with votes. So it is quite noteworthy when Democrat, and one-time Republican, Mayor of New York, Eric Adams tells the media that it is those very same woke progressive policies that are directly to blame for soaring crime across Democrat-run cities, like his own New York City. And surprising for a Democrat to do Adams' calls for violent serial offenders to be locked up, but that could be because of his law enforcement background. Adams is an American politician and former law enforcement officer. He is the 110th mayor of New York City. He served as an officer in the New York City Transit Police and then the New York City Police Department for over 20 years, retiring at the rank of captain. Adams was also a state senator, Brooklyn Borough President, and now is the 110th mayor of NYC. In an interview with ABC, Mayor Adams said that he agreed with former NYPD Commissioner William Braddon's assessment of the need before the city. People can see from his comments how he feels about the left's agenda of police reform. 
Adams, a former NYPD captain who took office on January 1st, ran as a tough-on-crime Democrat and has rejected progressive policies around crime and policing, like the defund the police movement. Braddon said in an interview with the Bloomberg Businessweek podcast that reforms of the progressive left have led to a rise in crime in most cities, adding that supporting the left's policies have been major mistakes that eroded trust in the police department and caused problems for people. In order to rebuild that trust, Adams said, repeat violent offenders should not be allowed back on the streets, hinting at the state's disastrous woke bail reform. After a recent subway shooting in Brooklyn, Adams appeared on this week with George Stephanopoulos about the details of the committed and took the opportunity to say that the recent increase in crime in NYC extends beyond his city, calling it a national issue. You know, I say over and over again, there are many rivers that feed the sea of violence. This is a national issue, Adams said when pressed by Stephanopoulos on the rise in major crimes within New York City this year. It's not a red state, blue state. In fact, red states are experiencing a higher murder rate than blue states. New York City Police Commissioner Keechan Sewell told Stephanopoulos during a joint interview with Adams she thought James' call to the tip line indicated that we were kind of closing in around him before he turned himself in. We disseminated his picture. We had a number of people looking for him, hundreds of detectives looking for him, Sewell said. But I think one of the key factors also is our force multiplier, which are the eyes and ears of our incredible New Yorkers. Stephanopoulos said James seemed to be hiding in plain sight before the shooting, noting he had been arrested several times and had posted videos to YouTube packed with hate and suggestions of violence. Do we need a better way to track individuals like this before they take this violent action? Stephanopoulos asked. Adams said social media companies must step up when it comes to tracking people like James. There's a corporate responsibility when we are watching hate brew online, Adams said. We can identify using artificial intelligence and other methods to identify those who are talking about violence. Watch, despite last week's attack and transit crime rising 68% this year compared to 2021, Sewell told Stephanopoulos that crime on the subways in New York City is actually down compared to the pre-COVID numbers. Still, she is trying to make police presence on the subways more visible. We recognize that people need to see a visible presence of police in the subway and we're endeavoring to make sure that that happens, Sewell said. There's also security measures that we don't see, but we understand that that reassurance is required. And we're putting multiple officers in the subways every single day. As we, you know, listen to that story and, and what had happened, and while Mayor Adams is basically saying they're trying to do all they can, let's go back to this story that I was starting off with. Now, the new uh, release from the NYPD is that they're looking for two attackers who beat a 44-year-old man unconscious. And this was before midnight at the uh, Roosevelt Avenue, Jackson Heights station. And they were coming on the E-train in Queens. The NYPD released a, a disturbing video on Saturday morning of the three suspects uh, of the man who's beaten practically until the victim uh, uh, was unconscious and possibly uh, near near even a fatal outcome with his own cane. It started with a verbal dispute um, that precipitated, it seems, the violent attack and later robbery. Now, when you, when you watch the video, which I'm going to put a link on within the show notes, you'll be able to see just how brutal this is. And it is so brutal, in fact, that the NYPD themselves are the ones posting this video to make sure that people can see it. 
and hopefully give some uh, uh, some advice. Now, three of the uh, one of the three suspects is under arrest. Um, his name is uh, Paul Winder Singh, and uh, he's allegedly homeless, uh, an EDP. He was taken into custody Friday evening. He is charged with robbery and uh, assault. Now, anyone with information regarding this incident is asked to call the NYPD Crime Stoppers hotline at 1-800-577-TIPS or 1-800-577-8477. You can also call in Spanish. There's a way to call there. And you can also submit their tips by logging on to Crime Stoppers website and go to Twitter to NYPD Tips. Remember, also giving false tips is a criminal offense. If you are in New York State, New York City, uh, they will uh, find ways of uh, finding you. Now, remember also that there have been some beatings reported within this same vicinity of this area. I'm not going to tell you exactly where, but I live close to this area. You know, I use the Roosevelt Avenue station every now and then. And uh, it is something that, that concerns me because, as you know, or may not know, I'm legally blind. I can carry a cane and I do walk around sometimes by myself. And uh, it can be a, a very risky proposition for people with disabilities, the elderly, or, or uh, young people as they, as they move around the city because this is just the kind of city we live in now. Unfortunately, New York is more and more and more violent. I was only planning to do one episode a night and do the other one in the morning, but well, this one caught my one working eye. It just seems so sad that these things are happening in this wonderful city, which does have some very good people living in it. Unfortunately, we've also got a few rats out for cheese and other victims out there. So be careful, folks, as you move around the city. Come to think of it, Saturday night, I was planning to walk home right past that station, but decided to take the bus instead. That was around that time also, around 10 o'clock, 10.30. Interesting. I'm Michael Newell. Let's listen to how Mark Levin uh, describes the situation if we were to go a few years back and to today and take a look at what is going on as far as crime goes across the nation. You've listened to Mayor Adams and how he puts the situation. Now you've got to listen to Mark Levin. Let's look at this country. Are we better today than we were four years ago? Cities across the U.S. are breaking all-time homicide records this year. Wow. And it's not just homicide. It's violent crime across the board, and it's not just violent crime. You see how people are stealing things from stores, willy-nilly, and so forth. Utter lawlessness. What's the Department of Justice doing? Chasing down parents in front of school boards. Going after Republican legislatures where they disagree with what the will of the people have to say in a particular state about abortion or putting sensible voting laws back in place. What's the Department of Justice doing? They have 13,000 special agents in the FBI, give or take, 13,000. 
how many of those 13,000 are focused on going after people who are quote unquote parading or trespassing on January 6th? They say it's the biggest investigation they have going today. The biggest one in the history of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Not terrorism, not the mob, no, not sex crimes, not the, the Mexican cartels, January 6th. So how many of those 13,000 special agents are busy looking at video? They say they've looked at 20,000 hours of video. We've got to get those trespassers and those paraders. Yeah, we all agree about violent crime. Of course, the media don't and the left don't. They were all fine with violence in the summer of 2020. I mean, that, after all, was liberating. Now, let's look. Are we better off today than we were four years ago? Look. That's basically what Mark Levin is saying. And, of course, with that, we leave you again tonight thinking about other things like this. Another issue the CDC is in the middle of that's uh, troubling some Democrats, and that is, of course, the impending end of Title 42. Uh, Gary Peters, who chairs the Homeland Security Committee, uh, another Democratic senator today suggesting uh, he has doubts about ending Title 42, um, says that Secretary Mayorkas is scheduled to be there for a budget hearing, I believe, later this month or next month. Uh, what more, though, is the administration sharing with these Democrats and Republicans, but notably a handful of Democrats who say they don't see a firm plan, they want more details, and the administration seems to be rushing into this with no sense of what the repercussions could be. Well, I, I think it's important to remember this is not an immigration authority um, for anyone who has concerns about it, nor is it an immigration plan. We've never said it was. Um, it is a health authority that Congress gave the CDC authority to make a determination about, about whether it needs to stay in place or not. There is no question. We have a broken immigration system. There's more we need to do. We've been saying that from the first day the president took office. And anyone who wants to work on that, Democrats, Republicans, anyone, how we can put smarter security in place, how we can have an asylum processing system that works, we would love to do that. But what, they're, what is happening right now is they're essentially holding hostage funding for COVID. And we are going to run out of funding, we are already running out of funding, for key programs. So our issue here is let's move forward with the COVID funding. We're happy to have a discussion about the broken immigration system. We agree it's broken. Let's work together on addressing that. You say that because there's this amendment to the COVID well, that's plan the, that would put it... I say that because that's the root issue here, isn't it? I mean, anyone who's raising concerns, they're tying it to, uh, they're tying it to the COVID funding. Republicans are, but you got a handful of Democrats who aren't necessarily. Supportive I understand of that, that but, but we're also happy to work with anyone on on immigration reform and any concerns is, they have. But it sounds like the answer is, if you've got concerns, you Congress do something about it. Well, now, here's what happens on May 25th once Title the president put forward a bill his first day in office. It's not you do something about it. Let's work together on it, and we're happy to do that. You have different ideas. You want to talk about how to move this forward. Let's do that. At the same time, what's happening is this COVID funding, which means people who are uninsured are not going to be able to get access to uh, treatments, to vaccines. We're, going, we're not going to be able to get the fourth booster shot to everybody. We're not going to be able to get uh, the um, uh, treatments for immunocompromised. So that's where we're at, and that's why it's important to move that funding forward. And yes, our system is broken. Let's address it. But this is a health authority, not an immigration authority. Go ahead. Thank you.